Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today you are going to discover a Barry Harris Blue Bassa solo. And you're going to learn how to develop jazz vocabulary using ideas from Barry Harris's Blue Bassa solo. And you're going to play five minor and five major 251 melodies as performed by Barry Harris when soloing over Blue Bassa. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself an experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a Blue Bassa solo by the great Barry Harris to be very beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you're a new Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener, I want to take just a couple of minutes right now to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Simply visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the abundance, and I mean abundance, of jazz educational resources and services that are available for you to use when practicing to help you to become an accomplished jazz pianist. For example, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that are available for every podcast episode, which are over 100 podcast episodes. These podcast packets are great educational guides and tools and resources to use when practicing. Also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to the online sequential jazz piano curriculum which is loaded with comprehensive courses. All of the courses use a self-paced format, educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations of the jazz piano skill in all 12 keys, play-alongs, and much more. Also, as a jazz piano skills member, you have a reserved seat each and every week in the online weekly masterclass, which is an online one-hour lesson with me every, every single week. And as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forum, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, general jazz piano forums as well. And last, but certainly not least, you have, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support whenever and as often as you need it. So again, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all the educational opportunities and how to easily activate your membership. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out and let me know. I'm always happy to spend some time with you, answer any questions that you may have, and to help you in any way that I can. Also, be sure to check out the Jazz Piano Skills blog uh, enjoy that, whether you are a Jazz Panel Skills member or not. Share it with friends. Uh, you can enjoy reading some additional insights regarding the Jazz Panel Skill of the Week. I'm a couple of weeks behind, but I'll get caught up over Thanksgiving break. Uh, you will find the blog link in the menu bar running across the top of the page at jazzpanelskillspodcast.com. Or once you land on the podcast page, you can just simply scroll to the bottom and you'll see an entire section devoted to the blog. I take some time at the end of each week to jot down some of my final thoughts about the jazz piano skill 
explored in the weekly podcast episode and hopefully provide you with some words of encouragement and inspiration as well. So be sure to check out my blog. And always, I'm always welcome to some some of your feedback, your thoughts and ideas as well. Okay, so let's discover Learn and Play Jazz Piano. Let's discover Learn and Play a Blue Bossa Solo by the great Barry Harris. Transcriptions. <laughs> I want to talk about transcriptions for a minute. You cannot listen to any jazz educator speak without hearing them bring up the importance of transcriptions. It's usually number one on the list. They stress, all jazz educators stress, the essential need to transcribe. And in fact, transcribing is often glorified as the single most important thing you need to do in order to become an accomplished jazz musician. True. Personally, I disagree with this sentiment. Not because transcribing is overrated, because it is not. It is important, but the way we jazz educators often present it is frequently misleading and therefore commonly misunderstood. Most students, and quite possibly you as well, after hearing jazz educators speak about transcribing, walk away believing that you need to spend hours every day of every week, of every month, of every year, writing out the entire solos of your favorite jazz musicians. And then, upon the completion of your incredibly time-consuming endeavor, go to your instrument to begin playing these entire solos over and over and over again until you can successfully play the content of these solos at will in the tunes that you want to play so that you end up sounding like a professional jazz musician. If you have embarked upon this monumental, monumental process, you know firsthand how incredibly laborious this endeavor is. And you also know, you have also heard, you have also felt the very little, if any, return on your investment. Now, as you are shaking your head up and down in total agreement, which I know most of you are, you are probably asking yourself, yourself, which you should, you should be asking yourself, why is this true? Well, your question is valid. And the results are common and true because trying to somehow make someone else's creative thinking your own to the point you can easily, and again at will, drop kick their ideas into a spot within a song that you are playing is a very tall order, which honestly, it's never, ever worked for me, ever. In fact, if somehow you pull it off, it always comes off sounding contrived, forced, um, awkward. 
At least that's my experience. So all of this to say that if this is the impression you have about transcribing, that you have formulated after hearing many jazz educators speak about transcribing, then I hate to break the news to you. you you've been misguided, and your impression, your understanding of transcribing is, is wrong. Now, please keep in mind, jazz educators do not intentionally misguide any student. We just say things, we talk about things, we bring up things, making huge assumptions that you, the student, know exactly what we are talking about. This is naive teaching. (laughs) In fact, it reminds me of a story that happened years ago when I first started teaching. I was teaching this little boy who was, his name actually was John. He didn't go by Johnny, which would (laughs) which would have made this story even better, but his actual name was John. But anyway, John was playing this song in his lesson, and he kept hesitating, moving from measure two to measure three. He would always put a slight pause at at the end of measure two, actually increasing the number of beats from four beats in a measure to like five or six beats in a measure before beginning to play measure three. So, like any good piano teacher, I stopped him and I said, hey, John, listen, you're hesitating at the end of measure two before you begin to play measure three, and it adds additional beats to the measure. So, please, take out the hesitation, okay? John looks at me, smiles, shook shook his head up and down in agreement, and started over again. And... Once again, John hesitated at the end of measure two before starting to play measure three. And once again, like a good teacher, I stopped him. John, listen, you you are still hesitating at the end of measure two before you begin to play measure three. Now, John once again gave me his infectious smile. He had a great smile. And he said, okay, I, I will do that. And I said, thank you, John, thank you. So John started over again from the beginning, measure one. And guess what? Same results. Now, I let out a huge sigh. <laughs> I let this huge sigh out. And before I could utter a single word, John spoke out immediately. And he said, um, did, I, did I hesitate again? I said, I said, as I recall, rather firmly this time, I said, John, yes. Yes, you did. You hesitated again. Now, let's do it over. And I need you to focus, John. I need you, I, I need you to concentrate, right? You, you can do this, right? Let's take this hesitation out of the end of measure two and just go right into measure three, okay? Remove the hesitation. John smiled again, shook his head up and down. In agreement, total agreement, he placed his hands on the piano. And as he was about to begin playing, he paused. This silent, this awkward, awkward pause. 
He took his hands off the piano. He turned his head. And he looked at me and he asked, Dr. Lawrence, what exactly does the word hesitate mean? (laughs) I I sat back in my chair and I said, John, I think we're making some serious progress. Thank you for illuminating the fact that the problem is me, not you. You see, I assumed he knew, I assumed that John knew what I was talking about when I said hesitate. He had no clue. He had no idea what to fix. So for many jazz students, the word transcribing is is equivalent to the word hesitate for my young student, John. Many jazz students should be asking, hey, Dr. Lawrence, what does transcribing mean? Well, here's the answer. Are you ready? Transcribing is simply learning melodies by using your ears instead of your eyes. That's it. That is transcribing in a nutshell. The melody you figure out, you learn by ear that you transcribe could be the melody of a song. It could be a measure of a solo. It could be a melody you're hearing in your head. It could be a melody played by the grandfather clock sitting in your grandparents' home. It could be the melody of church bells ringing. It could be a melody of a commercial, a jingle that you hear on TV. All of these activities is transcribing. In other words, transcribing is not restricted to writing out entire solos, note for note, as played by your favorite jazz musician. This, unfortunately, is a very one-dimensional and very limited understanding of transcribing that gives the word a, a bad rap. And in fact, every Saturday, I send out a tune. I call it Standard Saturday where I provide you with a good set of chord changes for a popular jazz standard and challenge you to learn the melody by ear. I challenge you to transcribe. I know, now I know firsthand, some of you cheat. I'm not going to mention any names, but some of you cheat and look up the melody using a lead sheet from a fake book. But even if you pick out just a portion of the melody by ear, you are on your way to becoming a successful transcriber. So for me, when I transcribe, I take kind of a Michael Brecker approach where I rarely, if ever, transcribe an entire solo. When I hear something I like, I will transcribe it. Maybe it's several measures of music or maybe It may be just a single measure of music. And once I have it transcribed, I then study it. And I study it several different ways. I like to see how the musician approaches the sound, right? Whether it's majors or major sounds, dominant sounds, minor, so on. What kind of of motion are they using, primarily using scale motion, arpeggio motion? 
I like to examine the entry and the exit points of the sound, the target notes. Is it the root, the third, the fifth, and so on. I also pay attention to direction, ascending and descending patterns. And I also like to identify approach tones to the scale tones, such as like neighboring tones. And then after this type of analysis, I will then play the melodic ideas several, several times so that my command of the melody, that, that I gain a command of the melody, that, that then can serve as a pathway to discovering my own jazz vocabulary. And guess what? It's a lot easier for me to remember my creative ideas when playing than it is to try to recall someone else's ideas. Ultimately, ultimately, this is the goal of transcribing, to help you discover, learn, and play your creativity, your creative ideas, not someone else's. If you approach transcribing, transcribing in any with any under any other understanding or any other goal, the return, as I mentioned earlier, the return on your investment will always remain minimal at best. So the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, I am going to present 10 251 melodic ideas from Barry Harris's Blue Bassa solo from the 1976 Dexter Gordon album, Biting the Apple, featuring, of course, Dexter Gordon on saxophone, Barry Harris on piano, Sam Jones bass, and Al Foster on drums. So five minor 251 ideas will be presented and five major 251 ideas will be presented. Number two, I'm going to highlight the target notes Barry Harris used to construct his 251 melodic ideas. Then I am going to take the target notes that Barry Harris used to construct his own melodic ideas. I'm going to take those target notes to develop my melodic ideas, my vocabulary. And number four, I will be playing all the demonstrations today, all the exercises using the tempo that Dexter Gordon used in the recording. And that tempo is right, hovering right around 165. And again, I want to stress, as I always do, slower tempos are always encouraged and recommended. So everything I'm doing today, begin uh, incorporating that into your practicing at much slower tempos. If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now pause this podcast episode and download, access and download, print the illustrations and the lead sheets, the podcast packets that you have access to. Uh, The podcast packets, as I mentioned every week, you should be using them when listening to this podcast. And of course, when practicing. And if you're listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on and on and on, then be sure to go to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download the podcast packets. And you will find the download links, the active links, in the show notes. 
And one final but extremely important note that I bring up every week, if you personally are thinking that the Barry Harris solo on Blue Bossa that we are about to discover, learn, and play is in some ways, or if you, even if you feel that it is all the way over your head, then I would say to you, as I always do, relax, chill. Take a deep breath. It's okay. Continue to listen. Continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. The fact is, all skills are over our heads when first introduced. And that is precisely why the first step to becoming an accomplished jazz pianist, the first step to improving our musicianship, is to listen. All musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs, physically, in your hands. So listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and to learn. The play will come in time. I guarantee it. Okay, before we dig in, let's take a few minutes right now to listen to Barry Harris's solo on Blue Bossa. And as I mentioned earlier, this is from the 1976 Dexter Gordon album, Biting the Apple. I'm not sure we call them albums. I think I'm showing my age here. I guess it's rec- the official word is recording. But the Dexter Gordon, you know what I mean. The Dexter Gor- Gordon album, Biting the Apple. Now, I have cut out Dexter's solo. Nothing against Dexter. His solo is fantastic. But today, it's all about Barry Harris. So, I've modified the recording so that you can hear Dexter, Barry, Sam Jones, and Al Foster play the head of Blue Bossa, followed immediately by Barry's solo. Okay? So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little Blue Bossa and Barry Harris's solo. Here we go.
good stuff, right? <laughs> that is good stuff. Really tasty playing. Really, really good. So we're going to take this solo today. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to look at five minor 251 patterns and five major 251 patterns to dig beneath the surface a little bit and see what Barry Harris is doing. So I hope you have the transcription in front of you. If you've accessed the podcast packets, uh, the lead sheets, you have a, a copy of the transcription that you can follow along with, which will be very, very helpful. So the very first pattern I want to take a look at, measures five, six, and seven. By the way, we're going to look at all the minor 251 patterns first, then we'll look at all the major 251 patterns. But I want to draw your attention to measures five, six, and seven. Of course, it's a minor 251, D minor 7, flat 5, or D half diminished, going to the G7 altered, flat 9, flat 13, to a C minor 7. All right, so the target notes, you'll see on the transcription, I have them highlighted in yellow. Now, target notes, it's always kind of a subjective process where I think he, the notes that he is using as his entry and uh, emphasis and exit points or destination points, right? So the target notes that you see that I have highlighted there, I have the note C on the D minor, 7 flat 5. I have the B flat, which is the seventh of the sound. I have the B flat highlighted, which is the sharp 9 of the dominant sound. And then I also have the note G highlighted, which is the fifth of the C minor sound. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in the ensemble, and I'm going to play this idea, the Bear Harris idea, as written there in the transcription. I'm going to play it several times. And then you're going to see all of a sudden I go to just playing those target notes that are highlighted. And I'm going to play those target notes several times and get those into my ears. Then I'm going to use those target notes and I'm going to start constructing some of my own melodic ideas and thoughts using those target notes as my guidepost. Okay? So again, I start off with Barry's, Barry's uh, line verbatim, exactly as written there in the transcription as he played it. Then I'm going to highlight the target notes that you see highlighted in yellow in the transcription. And then I'm going to use those target notes to develop my melodic ideas. And all of this is going to happen in about one minute. <laughs> so, so the reality, I'm just giving you a little snapshot of how I practice. But each of these would be played it much uh, repeated many, many more times, right? But you're going to get the idea. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out and see what we think. Here we go.
Ah, see now this is this is what I'm talking about, how to study and use a transcription to begin developing your creative thoughts, your creative ideas, your jazz vocabulary. And by the way, just a side note, if you have the um, illustrations packet, uh, podcast packet in front of you as well, you can see the voicings that I'm using. I have those mapped out, the voicings that I'm using um, in the left hand, the contemporary shell voicings. So, okay, so now let's go on to the next minor 251. I want to draw your attention to measures 29, 30, and 31. Again, the chord changes are D minor 7 flat 5 or D half diminished, going to our altered dominant sound, G7, to our um, C minor 7. The target notes I have highlighted there on the transcription is the C for D minor, the 7th again. Interesting, right? He's going back to the 7th again. The B, B natural this time on the dominant, which is the 3rd. Then C I have highlighted, which is the root, of course, for the C minor 7. So once again, I want to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play the Barry Harris idea verbatim as he played it and as notated in the transcription. Then I'm going to reduce it down to the target notes. And then from the target notes, I'm going to begin building and constructing some of my own uh, melodic ideas. Again, to discover, learn, and play my creativity. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out and see what we think. Now, now you're seeing and hearing the process. This is what we're going to be doing for the rest of the podcast episode with all of these minor and major 2-5-1s. Our goal is really to take the idea played by Barry Harris, get to the target notes, and then use those target notes as our guideposts in developing to get from one chord to the next chord to the next chord and developing our own melodic ideas moving through a minor or major 2-5-1. Okay, so our next minor 251, look at measures 37, 38, and 39 of the transcription. Again, D minor 7 flat 5, going to an altered G dominant, going to C minor. And target notes this time on the uh, half diminished on the 2 chord, the note G, the 11th. Love the 11th sound on the minor, on the minor chord. And then uh, the B flat back to um, I'm sorry, E flat back to the altered an altered sound on our dominant the flat thirteen, 
followed by the, the note G for our minor, which is the fifth. So we have an 11th going to a flat 13th going to a fifth through our 251. So I'm going to play Barry Harris's melodic idea several times, followed by the guide tones, uh, or the target notes, I should say, and then begin to develop my own vocabulary, my own melodic ideas. So here we go. Let's have some fun. Let's check it out, see what we think. Very efficient, very effective ways to use transcriptions, to use melodic ideas by our jazz heroes. Again, to use them as pathways, ways to help us illuminate and discover our own creative ideas. This is the power behind transcriptions. Okay, so now, our next 251, minor 251. Look at measures 61, 62, and 63. Now, the target note that he has on the uh, highlighted there for the minor, for the half diminished chord, is the note A flat, which is the fifth of the sound. Once again, on the dominant chord, it's going back to the B flat, which is the sharp nine, the altered sound, right? You see in the. You see how he loves that altered dominant sound? Of course, we, we all do. And then on the minor, the E flat, right, which is the third. So the fifth going to the sharp nine, going to the third, moving through our two, five, one. So once again, we're going to play the, I'm going to play Barry's idea uh, as written in the transcription, followed by highlighting those target notes, getting those notes into my ears that connection from the 2 to the 5 to the 1, then I'm going to begin developing my own melodic ideas. So here we go. Let's have some more fun. Check it out.
very nice. So now we're down to the final uh, minor 251 that we're going to look at today. So I want to draw your attention to measures 69, 70, and 71. Once again, it's minor 251, D minor 7 flat 5, or D half diminished, going to an altered dominant sound, going to our C minor, our 1 chord C minor 7. So in measures 69, 70, and 71, the target notes, the D, which is the root of our half diminished, of our D minor 7 flat 5, go into what on our dominant? The note E flat, which is the flat 13, so we're back to that sound again followed by G, the fifth of our minor sound. So, right, you notice how the target notes on the minor and the, I mean, on, yes, on the, the half diminished and on the, on the minor are primary target notes, right? Like the root, the third, the fifth, maybe the 11th, right? That occasional 11th on the minor, which, is, which I mentioned earlier that I love. But on that dominant, right, he loves the altered sound. Demo in the first illustration, the sharp nine, and then in the third we had the flat thirteen. In the fourth demonstration, the sharp nine, and now here again the flat thirteen. So, let's bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play Barry's uh, melodic idea first several times, followed by highlighting the target notes that, that you have in yellow there on your transcription, and then I'm going to start constructing and, and exploring and discovering my melodic ideas, my creativity. So here we go. Let's check it out, see what we think. So there are, that wraps up our five minor 251 ideas, uh, exercises taken from Barry Harris's solo on Blue Bossa. So now let's turn our attention to the major 251 pattern, which is the E flat minor 7 to the A flat dominant 7 to the D flat major 7 that is found within Blue Bossa. So we're going to go back to the beginning. I want you to look at measures 9, 10, and 11. The uh, target note for our E flat minor the root. Target note for our uh, A flat dominant 7 is the G flat, which is the 7th of the sound, followed by our target note with uh, on the on the uh, root, uh, I'm sorry, on the, the 1, the D flat major 7, is A flat, which is the 5th. So our target notes are the root, the 7th, and the 5th. Pretty straightforward, right? Major 2, 5, 1. E flat minor 7, A flat dominant 7, D flat major 7. So again, I'm going to play Barry's idea first, followed by the target notes, followed by my exploration to develop some jazz vocabulary. So here we go. Let's check it out.
it's 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 wild, isn't it? When you put minor two five ones next to major two five ones, how the sound really the difference in those sounds really illuminate your ears kind of go whoa. So um so our next two five one, major two five one, measures twenty-five, twenty-six, and twenty-seven. Measures twenty-five, twenty-six, and twenty-seven. So on the minor, I love it. Going guess what he's going back to the eleventh. The eight, the note A flat is our target note. The eleventh of the uh, uh, E flat minor seven, followed by D flat on our dominant, which is what the eleventh. I love it, and then followed by F, which is the third on our D flat major. So again, I'm playing Barry's idea first, followed by the, uh, highlighting those target notes, and then of course, as you know, using those target notes to help guide me through the two five one and developing my own jazz vocabulary. So here we go. Let's see what happens. Very nice, right? I love it. Just, again, a very efficient, a very effective, very methodical way to explore transcription and to help you, to help me, to help all of us tap into our creative side, to our jazz vocabulary. That, again, will be much easier for us to recall and remember and play and utilize in songs and in the literature that we play other than trying to replicate somebody else's work verbatim. Wow. Again, that as far <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So, all right. So our next major 251. Look at measures 41, 42, and 43. Again, we're dealing with E flat minor 7, going to A flat dominant 7, going to D flat major 7. Target note on our E flat minor seven again, once again, is the D flat, which is the seventh. Now, look what happens on our A flat dominant seven. Putting us the target note as written there in the transcription is C flat, which is the note B or the sharp nine for A flat dominant seven, followed by the F for D flat major seven, which is the third. So we're going from the seventh to a sharp nine to a third. We're going to use those guideposts, those target notes as our guideposts to help us uh, develop our own ideas. So again, Barry's idea first, target notes second, my ideas third. Here we go. Let's check it out. 
Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. All right. So now on to our fourth major 251. Look at measures 61, 62, and 63. Once again, E flat minor 7 going to A flat dominant, going to D flat major. Target notes, we're looking at D flat once again, which is the seventh of our minor sound, our two chord, followed by F on our A flat dominant, which is an upper extension, which is the 13th, and resolving to our D flat major 7 on the A flat or the fifth. So again, we have, you know, primary chord tones on our two chord and on our one chord and our five chord is up there with an upper ex upper extension, right? With the 13th. So let's bring the ensemble back in. Let's check it out. Barry's solo first, uh, target notes second, and then finally my ideas, uh, exploration of my ideas third. So here we go. Let's check it out. Let's have some fun. Absolutely love it. All right, so guess what? We're down to our last major 251 from the Barry Harris Blue Bassa solo. So look at measures 73, 74, and 75. 73, 74, and 75. Target note on the on the minor. Guess what? The 11th. Here we go again. He loves the 11th sound on that minor. Followed by what? I'm just going to bet it's an upper extension of some kind or an altered sound. Sure enough, it's the note B on our A-flat dominant 7, which is the sharp 9. Followed by an A-flat on our major, which is the 5th of the sound. So we have the 11th on the minor, sharp 9 on the dominant, 5th on the major. I'm going to use those guideposts again to help us create to develop jazz vocabulary. So, as I've done throughout the entire podcast today... Barry's solo, Barry's idea first, the target notes second, followed by my improvisational ideas and thoughts third. Okay, here we go. Let's check it out.
never, ever, ever fails, right? We always unpack a ton of information in each and every podcast episode. And today, again, no exception, right? We explored a tremendous solo by Barry Harris on the classic jazz standard by Kenny Doran, Blue Bossa. I want to encourage you, again, as Jazz Piano Skills members, I want to encourage you to print out, to utilize the jazz, uh, the jazz um, podcast, the Jazz Piano Skills podcast packets, right? To use the illustrations for the voicings, the lead sheets has the uh, uh, has the um, transcription with the highlighted target notes. Use these voicings and the transcriptions to help guide you with your practicing, right? So um, you've heard me say this over and over and over again, right? Your conceptual understanding determines your physical development. So spend some time studying the, the jazz panel skills, the podcast packets, right? Spend some time studying those and utilizing those when practicing. And the time you invest in studying the illustrations and the transcription, the packets, um, it's time very well spent. And and I say it every week, the return on your investment cannot be adequately expressed. Impossible. As always, be patient. Developing mature improvisational skills takes time. And transcription study is one essential component of the process. Right? So begin structuring your improvisation development, your transcription study, after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode, and you will begin to see, you'll begin to feel and hear your progress. I guarantee it. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a Blue Bossa solo by Barry Harris to be insightful and, of course, beneficial. And don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online next Thursday, not this Thursday evening, it's Thanksgiving. And by the way, I want to wish you all, you and your families, a very happy, a very blessed, blessed Thanksgiving holiday. So we will gather online, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time, to discuss this podcast episode lesson, exploring the Barry Harris Blue Bossa solo in greater detail, and to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Again, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs for this podcast lesson. And, of course, be sure to tap into the Jazz Panel Skills courses to maximize your musical growth. Likewise, make sure you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved. Contribute to the various forums and make most importantly, make some new jazz piano friends. Always, always a great thing to do. You can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050. My extension is 211. By email, drlawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now, and until next week, enjoy playing Blue Bossa Solo by the great Barry Harris. Enjoy the journey, and most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.